This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of Bleed Two-Tone Blue. Hey, this is Kevin Dyson, former Tennessee Titan, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. This is Two-Tone Uncensored. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. With me tonight, the man who damn near called the score of this week's game perfectly, Glenn Lotzenheiser. What's up, Glenn? I'm trying to come up with next week's prediction. Do not use me for your betting lines. You will lose your money. I will laugh at you because you can't afford to lose it, and you know it. Actually, Glenn guarantees every pick that he makes and if you do lose he will personally reimburse you if you use his With picks matt's money <laughs> and matt not on the show tonight hurricane matthew ironically enough came through and hit him so he's still not having power at this point so he couldn't make it on the show tonight they're all doing well and stuff nothing to worry about just doesn't have power because hurricane matt hit matt but we got glenn and that's how you put a good show together it's just me and Glenn. We only keep Matt around anyways. Just comic relief, I guess. But let's head into the mailbag. First thing, <laughs> Matt couldn't make it, but he wanted to contribute, so he sent in his own mailbag question. It's a two-part question, Glenn. I'll give you the first part here. He asks, is the O-line overpraised by Pro Football Focus, or have they really been the best offensive line after five games? Yeah, it's kind of a tough one to call. They've been really good. They've been much better than I expected they would be. The Warmack injury, they seem to have solidified a little bit more even. I don't know if they're really the best line in football, but they're one of. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that rating. Yeah, I definitely won't say that we have the best line in football, but we do have one of the best lines in football. I mean, look at DeMarco Murray's average right now. We're not giving up sacks. If we cut the bonehead penalties out, Taylor Lewan, then we would have, uh, I think, maybe the best. It's hard to say, man. Dallas is, you know, we bring it up a lot, but Dallas's offensive line's like unbelievably good. Uh, you know, it's scary, but we are up there and we deserve to be. It's been really impressive. And you, you said it there when the injuries seem to only make us better on the offensive line this year. It's, you know, it never works like that, but it really does seem like addition by subtraction for us this year. It has worked out well for the Tennessee Titans. But the, the second part of this question that brings up Taylor Lewan, who we were just talking about, are Taylor Lewan's boneheaded penalties worth his excellent play otherwise is the second part of this question glenn absolutely he's still young he's still learning how to manage himself thing is is he was this guy in college too we knew what we were getting when we drafted him he's a hot-headed guy he plays really well he plays really physical he draws penalties on the other team too because they get tired of him bashing them up what he's got to learn is how to contain all of that aggression and all that heat within the whistle the hitting people after the play after the whistle that's got to stop you got to watch what you say but play is still live and active do what you got to do go ahead and knock him around he's a great tackle he's turned out to be even better than i thought he would be i thought he'd be a really good tackle this year i thought he'd still have some room to grow and he probably does but he's played like one of the best left tackles in the game. And we were kind of giving him crap about saying he is definitely a left tackle whenever they were talking about bringing in Tunsil. He's proven it. He's backed up his words. He's definitely one of the best tackles in the game. And he makes some stupid, lo- loses control decisions that he's got to work on. I think he will. By the end of this year, I think he's going to get some of the more of that under control. But he's always going to be a hot-headed guy. A guy he kind of reminds me of 
and Jack Conklin does too, is uh, John Runyon. Jack Conklin's a little quieter about it, but he's also a very physical guy. And John Runyon was one of the dirtiest. If you were lined up against him, you knew that you were going to get kicked in the balls. He was going to gouge you in the throat. He was going to try to pull a tooth out. John Runyon was a dirty, nasty player, but he got the job done. Taylor Lawn reminds me of him. He's not quite as dirty, but he talks a lot. And his problem is he's got that reputation for talking a lot already. So he's going to have to be on good behavior at some point for a long enough stretch to stop getting called for penalties that other guys may not have gotten called for. Bonus points, Glenn, for getting a Runyon reference in the show there. No, I agree. It is worth it. He's been playing outstanding. And you bring up a great point I didn't even think about, Glenn. Is, you know, he did say... I'm a left tackle. I will not move. And we were talking about it and, and saying, well, you got to play like a left tackle should. And you got you to gotta prove it on the field. And, you know, he has definitely backed up his word 110%. He's been playing excellent this year. You know, they have last week had him graded as the best tackle, regardless right or left, in the entire league. And Conklin right behind him at number three, they have been playing outstanding. And the penalties are, they are the one takeaway from Taylor Lewan. But if that's going to be the only takeaway you have, that's, you know, that's the one you want. You know, I would rather have a guy that gets some some dumb penalties every now and again. You know, but he crushes guys on that side. He keeps your quarterback upright. He gets running lanes open. He, I mean, he's doing everything you need to be doing to be a very very successful left tackle in the league. Just the penalties are the one knock, and it is something that. Um, you know, you're going to have with Taylor Lewan. And I agree. I think he will cool down as he gets older. He, he always talks about how he's not a big gamer. He's not a football guy. He really plays football like a football guy. You know, you don't play football with that much aggression if you're not a football guy. Maybe I'm wrong. It's I've just never met a guy with that much aggression and that much heat in him uh, on a football field that wasn't a football guy and, you know, lived to play the game. And he plays like a guy that, that lives to play the game. So I think he's understating that a little bit. But he has he, both of them. Jack Conklin included been really impressive. You know, me and Glenn were talking about how much we wanted Tunsil at the beginning of this year. And, you know, I'm not 100% at the point where I will say that I think it was the right decision taking Conklin, but boy, it's hard not to love what Jack Conklin's been able to do so far. You know, he's what's really impressed me is with him is we knew we were getting a road grader. We didn't know we were getting a guy with his fancy footwork as he's put on display. You can tell that Jack Conklin did a lot of work in the offseason and put a lot of effort into it because, you know, we were afraid of him getting burnt by speed defensive ends, you know, and, and he hasn't been. He's played exceptionally well in this offense. Both of them have the entire offensive line hats off to him because they've been playing unreal. Let's head into the next question here, Glenn. Morocco Taylor, a good friend of the show, writes this one in, and he asks, if the Titans can pull off a convincing win this Sunday against the Browns, what will that tell you about this team? Not much more than we already know. One against the Dolphins. The Browns aren't a good team. They're, you know, power ranking-wise, are the worst team in football. If we don't beat them, that will tell me more about the team than us beating them. We should beat them. There's nothing about this team that scares me, uh, just like with the Dolphins. If you read that write-up last week, I, I made it pretty clear that we were supposed to win this game that we just won. And for most of those same reasons, we should win this game against the Browns, especially when they don't have a quarterback. They, they were down to possibly starting Charlie Whitehurst this week, which I thought would have been hilarious. I would have loved to see that happen. There's not much to learn uh, about this team for the Browns other than they finally win a game at home and they finally beat somebody that they're supposed to beat. I agree. There's not much to learn. You know, what we'll learn from beating the Cleveland Browns is, you know, that we're an NFL football team. 
because I don't think anybody this season is really going to be picked to lose to the Browns. I'm sure, you know, Cleveland will win a game or two, uh, but probably not much more than that. They are a pretty awful team right now. And I, I agree to your point with the Dolphins. I thought we were, it was going to be closer. That one did tell me more than this game for sure because I thought it was going to be a very close I thought we were about the same level, and we were clearly the better team uh, in that game. But, yeah, nothing, nothing's going to surprise me. We should beat this Browns team, and it should be an impressive victory for us. If not, even I'll say this, even winning closely uh, to the Browns would give me an indication that it's not going in the right direction. That would scare me. That would take a little bit away uh, from what I think the Titans are right now because the Browns are so poor. You know, there's a reason why... They're having a fire sale and everybody not named Terrell Pryor on that team. Let's move on to the next question here, Glenn. Wesley Thornton sends this one in. He asks, with several players playing at the Pro Bowl level, can they keep it up? And if they do, will they be recognized or looked over as usual? I think there's a better chance that some people make the uh, the Pro Bowl this year. Luan, if, if he keeps playing like he is, he, he makes the Pro Bowl. It's hard to find a better left tackle than a guy who can go out there and just grind down the defense the entire game and also pass protect. And that's just, he's a complete left tackle at this point. I, I think he's got a good shot. Walker, I don't know if he makes it like we discussed earlier in the preseason even. He got nothing to do with his ability. I think people recognize how good he is. It's just, he's not going to get the catches this year that he got last year. The offense isn't built that way. We're going to run the ball more. I think it's almost impossible to imagine that DeMarco Murray doesn't make it. Who, who in the AFC is a better running back than him right now? You got me. I don't Exactly. Nobody. So so he, he should have absolutely no challenge getting there. I think Jarrell Casey, Arakpo, you know, these are guys that have a real shot at it that I think have a good chance of getting recognized. We, we don't have to win 10 games for our guys to get there this year. We're going to make enough of an improvement over these next few weeks. People are going to stand up and take notice and I, I think we get three or four guys in even if we come near 500 yeah I agree I'll agree with a lot of what you said here and I agree I think Lawan easily I think Conklin can probably even make it and uh, the way he's been playing right now especially considering the Pro Bowl nowadays and how many people uh, get a chance to get in you know we saw last year something like 130 players were offered a Pro Bowl slot or played in a Pro Bowl because people just don't want to play it anymore it means nothing it, it's I mean that's a story for another day, but it's the worst all-star game out of every single uh, major American sport. Yeah, Arakpo, Casey, uh, DeMarco Murray, obviously. Casey gets snubbed because of his position. I think it's a lot of people perceive it as a Titans thing, but it's more of a position thing. Wouldn't you agree? It is because he's not in a spot where you usually get a lot of sack, but I think he and Arakpo are playing at such a high level this year that he's going to get more attention and he's going to have better numbers this year. Arakpo's already beat the sack total from last year, I think, hadn't he? If I'm not mistaken it's tied but yeah, tied. you yeah. know okay exactly. still five games and in as long as morgan and casey stay healthy there's no reason a rack should be able to get those numbers and when you have a rack over there he makes casey better and casey makes him better because you have to pick who you're going to block and if they're spending three guys trying to block those they're opening up space you know elsewhere on the offensive line and those two guys have proven that three guys aren't enough to stop them and i think that this team is just if there's more interest in this team this year because of how well we're running the ball people are I think more national people are watching the 
game. Now, we're not going to be the first people that fans think of in general, but Casey and Arakpo, Arakpo was a big enough name before he got here, that those two guys playing next to each other, feeding off each other and eating up quarterbacks, as long as Morgan or Doc can stay healthy on the other side to give them a fair shot so the entire offensive line isn't rolling away from them and forcing them to have to come all the way around to get anywhere near the quarterback, as long as that doesn't happen, I think that their stats may actually be good enough to get them in the Pro Bowl this year, too. No, I agree. You saw Casey just go off this week. I mean, he was in the backfield constantly. You know, he was on Tannehill like a jersey. It was impressive. We need to keep that up, man. That pass rush will, if we get that, if we can play every week, and I understand it's a beat-up offensive line, uh, not a, an impressive team we're playing, but if we can play like that against good teams, we'll win games that we should, especially if we can get that much pressure. I mean, we were all over Tannehill, especially the second half. I mean, it was embarrassing if you were a Dolphins fan. And and Casey, I think, got two sacks in that game. I mean, he was everywhere. Arakbill had a great game. Morgan got great pressure, got his first sack of the year. We definitely, that entire defensive front played phenomenal. There's a lot of guys on here that, that should be Pro Bowl. I think, I think four guys is probably where we're going to be at. You know, especially nowadays where, like I said earlier, everybody gets an invite, basically. I mean, Jameis Winston played in the Pro Bowl last year. Not a knock against him. He's a good young quarterback, but I mean, come on. But let's move into the next question here. Last one we got, Ike Love asks, why don't we make a trade for Joe Hayden? And this is starting to gain some steam here, Glenn, because TitanSize.com wrote an article about, you know, the fire sale that I previously mentioned, that the Cleveland Browns want to get rid of everybody except for Terrell Pryor. Everybody's on the market except for Pryor and to go after it. And in the Titan-sized article, they write about going after Joe Hayden as a possibility. And But they say for a fourth-round pick, which we talked about before the show, is, uh, you know, delusionally low value for a player like Joe Hayden. And But what do you think about going after Joe Hayden? What do you think we'll have to give up to get him? And do you think it's worth it? If they'll take him for a fourth-round pick, absolutely. That, that, that's an easy you know, sell right there. That's the same <laughs> yeah, deal that we used to get. We got the best running back in the league for that price, too. You know, so if you can get him for a fourth-round pick, that's awesome. And one thing you've seen over the last few years is unless a guy is in his early 20s, third, fourth-round picks is about what you're worth. Teams are not willing to give up nearly as much for an active player as they used to be. There was a time where a guy like Joe Hayden, you're going to have to give up you know, maybe a couple second-round picks to get him. I don't think that's the case anymore. You might have to give up like a second and a third or a couple of three or a third and a fourth. And a third and a fourth maybe isn't too bad as long as you've got an extra pick in there. I just, I would like to have him on our defense. He is definitely a better cornerback than anybody we've got. That's easy to say. But I don't think he'd be worth the price that the Browns are probably going to want. Just because, you know, everybody's up for a trade doesn't mean that they're going to trade him for nothing. You know, everybody's got a price. Everything's got a price. That doesn't mean that price is cheap. I agree. You know, you're looking at a kid that's 27 years old, uh, playing outstanding football, and you're right. He is better than anybody we have. It would be awesome for him to come over, uh, you know, play opposite McCourty, and then have Cox move into that nickel position, well, which, you know, he plays better anyways. That's where he does his best work. So it, it would really improve that secondary, but it's what you have to give up. And fourth-round pick, that's delusional. I want everybody to get that out of their mind. That's not happening. You know, we got extremely lucky with Marco Murray, who was a guy that was in a power position to demand to get out, and they had to get some for him. Uh, plus, the Eagles were, like, completely cleaning house they got you know new coach everything like that i don't see that happening with joe hayden right now they did they did get a new coach but now the team is so bad that they're going to try to get as much they're going to get for every penny they can get for every player because their team is in such bad shape so they're not looking for easy deal like the eagles were they're not in the same position and joe hayden's not in a position of power right now to be able to to force his way out like demarco murray did so you know the chips are definitely stacked 
di- a lot differently than they were with the Marco Murray trade. I think you're about right. A second and a third is probably what you're going to see for Joe Hayden. And the thing is, with a guy that's Joe Hayden's talent level, is you're going to have to give up that much because he's going to draw a lot of attention. A lot of teams are going to look at a guy like that. A lot of teams could use a Joe Hayden. You know, and we're definitely not the only team. So, yeah, if we can get him for a fourth-round pick, it's a no-brainer, but that's not going to happen. Is he worth what they're going to be asking for him? I mean, I guess I'll wait and we'll see, but I'm with Glenn here. I doubt that he is. I think they're going to be asking too much because they're going to want everything they can get so they can try to improve this team as fast as they can, and I just don't think it's going to be worth it in the long run. All right, now we're going to head into the news here. Thanks, everybody, for sending in your mailbag questions. We do it every week. If you want your mailbag question, you know, we can comment on one of the posts that we put out for the mailbag. You can also just send it to us. Send it to our Twitter. Email us uh, at twotoneuncensored at gmail.com. Put it on our Facebook page. Send it to us, and and we'll make sure. If your question's good, we're not going to take every single question. Of course, we get more than than five that we ask every week, but uh, we'll definitely see it, and we'll definitely try to work it in if it's a good question. So if you are trying to get your question in, you know, there's a hundred ways to do it. So get it to us, and we'll hear it on air. Now let's head into the news here. Glenn, we don't have a lot of news, but we do have some good news. Take it away. Well, one of the good news is also kind of a bad news. Cody Kessler has been cleared. He's going to play this week. So the Browns will have their third-string quarterback instead of their fourth-string quarterback. It doesn't really matter. But still, it would have been funny to see Whitehurst out there, you know, clipboard Jesus coming back to the Titans to come play against us. That would have been a little bit of fun just to watch him get, you know, knocked around more than anything else. But at the same time, hopefully it's a slightly more competitive game, but not too competitive because we're not ready for all that yet. Injury-wise, we got out of this week fairly unscathed. Bruised, knocked around a little bit, but no one's really in bad shape. So that's all you can really ask for is a, is a good, good-looking good win, no real injuries. As far as people coming back, I don't think anybody other than Cody Riggs, I think. I heard he was going to be back out. I think Riggs was close to being back on the field. They're kind of taking it easy with him. That doesn't really matter. It doesn't mean anything. Did you have any other news? <laughs> no, that's it. Just wanted to comment, you know. Cody Kessler. It helps him a little bit. He's not a good quarterback. I'm not really worried about it. I will say this, though, and maybe I'm alone on this. I don't know. You gotta tell me if I'm alone on this. I know Charlie Whitehurst sucks, but a part of me kind of likes clipboard Jesus. I have like a, a little bit of affection for the guy, so I'm kind of glad that we don't have to play him, because I want us to murder Kessler. I don't have any I don't have any animosity towards him. He's just like, I'm a Marcus Mariota faceless enemy kind of thing, where I don't have an opinion about Kessler, so let's murder him. But I kind of like clipboard Jesus. I have, I have a little bit of affection for the guy, so I don't want to see us completely tear him apart. So, I'm kind of glad that Kessler's back. I wouldn't go as far as to say as I have affection for him. I don't dislike him any. I would have liked to see him play against us, but I will honestly say I think that they'd have a better chance with him even though we don't run the same offense or defense that you know he saw when he was here i just when a guy comes back and it's somebody like him that's the guy that you know screws us up he, he he's the frank Wright who brings the bills back in the playoffs so be more worried about him playing honestly than i would kessler i don't think kessler's got a chance i don't think whitehurst would have a chance either but if we were going to get beat by somebody it would be by a quarterback that we had cut and that no one has any expectation of succeeding against us that's the guy that we would lose to that's the setup that this team traditionally falls for that's the only real thoughts i have on the difference between these two guys i guess we should mention Riggs being back a little bit because i know matt will be mad if we don't mention that it's clipboard jesus is to me what Riggs is to matt you got your boy back i hope you're happy matt i'm sure he is just thrilled all right let's head into a quick commercial (laughs) break when we come back let's talk about this one we had against miami and then let's look forward to this game against the factory of sadness we'll be right back Time to pay the bills. 
some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey, this is Ryan and Rich from the Free Parking Show. Our show is a sports podcast hosted by four sports journalists and features shows like Beers and Cheers, Par for Discourse, and our NFL preview, the 32-team parking garage. Check us out on Stitcher, Spreaker, and our website, www.freeparking.com. You're listening to Two Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean. Hey, this is Bo Scaife. You're listening to Two Tone Uncensored. Tighten up. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Let's talk about this Miami game. We like to break it down on the sides of the ball, so let's stay with that and start with us on offense. This week, the best week we've had offensively, and I'll put up a lot of points. Really impressive. Mariota looked uh, had his best game that he's had all year. Looked very good. The offensive line dominated. Jamarco Murray was a machine. I mean, there's not a lot of bad things that happened offensively for us this week. Then some of those weird formations that we ran that I just didn't like. Yeah, no, it was a pretty solid week. Um, those those odd looking formations. My problem with them is is when you start getting tricky like that, sometimes you trick yourselves. People jump off sides. People get down the field when they shouldn't get down the field. That's really my only big problem with it. Sometimes you guys you gotta get the opponent a really weird look, especially if you're doing a hurry up and you're lining up three linemen in the middle and then you're spreading everybody else on the field. It, it's interesting to do. It also ends up with you know linemen downfield when they shouldn't be downfield. It gives your quarterback a chance to just get absolutely lit up if somebody on the other team decides they're just going to go ahead and blitz and hit him no matter what he does. Uh, just you know those free shots at the quarterback, I, they always scare me a little bit, but. Otherwise, the offense was really solid. They were machine-like. The thing that impressed me the most is they found something that worked, and they stuck with it. They were running the ball. They're like, you know what? We're running the ball pretty well. Let's keep running the ball. Let's run the ball 10 damn times. Let's get down into the red zone. Let's throw it for a touchdown on just two tries. That was a much better called game and a much better looking game plan. I realize that you know the opponent lends itself to that, but from the first you know four weeks, you would have said, we're going to go into this, we're going to have a clear advantage, and we're still not going to take advantage of it because we're going to be too busy trying to be tricky about it. You know, And I, I wasn't even upset when after they grind the ball down there, they came out throwing because it put the defense off balance and they stuck with the throw. You know, as, as long as you take your chances, you get your lead, you grind the ball down there, and you do what works, you let your best player on offense – do his job, run the ball. You know, you give him a break now and then because Henry was chewing him up too, but Henry chewed him up in the preseason. And honestly, any team that doesn't tackle well, doesn't flow to the ball real well like the Dolphins, like the Browns that we're about to play, those, those are going to be the best games that you're going to have Henry. Uh, those are his best chances for big success, you know, this early in his career. I agree. Obviously, Malarkey listened to the show, heard us talking week after week about how we need to run the ball more because we did a great job of going after Going out there just pounding the rock, I was really pleased with that. you know. And we did an awesome job of it. And obviously this is a team that the linebackers are beat up. And even when they're not beat up, they're not overly impressive. This is one of the weaker linebacking cores in the NFL. You know, and a, a defensive line that is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they do have at least the names are there. Uh, you know, they're not playing like a great defensive line. But they do have names there, good on paper. But we did a great job again blocking. A good job pass blocking. 
for sure. No mistaking that. But our run blocking is on a whole new level. I mean, it's just fantastic. And it really helps out when you have a running back as good as DeMarco Murray back there. You know, a guy that has the, the vision to make those small cuts makes a huge difference for us. It All, all in all, like our offensive line did a great job against what should be a really good defensive line. And, you know, once you get into that second level, they're just not that impressive. DeMarco Murray broke a lot of tackles in this game. You know, he had 121 yards, had an absolutely stellar game. Uh, Henry definitely made no friends in Miami as well. He had a, a really outstanding game. The one thing that I saw in this game that I, I think was my big takeaway that I absolutely love was Mariota making very smart slide after very smart slide. We didn't see him press. He took what was there. He took what was given to him and got down. You know, he had that one slide that he should have gone out of bounds uh, right before halftime. But, I mean, even then, he got down didn't take the hit. And I'll take that. You know, he should have went out of bounds, but I'll take that he got down. And he did it time after time after time. You know, he had several runs that ended in a slide that was just perfectly timed, got down exactly when he needed to, you know, and ended up not taking the hit. He did a a, a fantastic job of it, not trying to press and get himself in the fumble trouble like we've seen him do, you know, in the very recent past. Uh, And throughout his career, he he did a, a fantastic job of that this week. And it's just that taking a step forward, maturing as a quarterback, it was really great to see. He had a really good game this week. He did it through the air. He did it on the ground. He was impressive. I believe he won the air and ground player of the week for uh, Fox, I believe it was. Does their FedEx ground and air player of the week, and he won it, and he he deserved it. He did an outstanding job. And really, we were playing a weaker team for sure, but we did a fantastic job of of getting the ball out. There were a few, I will agree, that few weird formations that I didn't like. And, you know, even when they did work, they seemed to get us in trouble with holding calls. We had that one ineligible uh, man downfield on that one weird play action pass thing to, to Lenny Walker. Even when they do work, we're getting in foul trouble. Let's just stick to what we're doing and what we do really well, which is pounding the rock, getting Mario out there on play action to throw some passes. It, we did a, a fantastic job on offense. This was by far the best performance we've had on the offensive side of the football. That's all you can say about this game. We did a phenomenal job moving the football, getting into the end zone. I mean, we did it all very well. I would like to see a less of those the cute plays that we run. We need to quit that. You know, but just more pounding the rock. It was working. DeMarco Murray was all over the place. It was fantastic to watch. And this was the first game, Glenn, that we really saw the offense play better than the defense. You know, we've been talking about it the whole year about, well, we did great defensively, didn't do good offensively. This is the first time that we saw the opposite, where our offense really carried us through a lot of this game. Not that our defense played poorly, but it kind of took them a while until they were really stuffing drives and really playing to the level that we've seen them play and part of that has to do with their offensive line being so bad you know our defense was just teeing off on them all game long but yeah our offense played really well i thought our defense played really well except tackling is still an issue and it gives up big plays that's really the only problem that i see with our defense is just we gave up big plays this game that put them in scoring position just because no one could be bothered to tackle otherwise our offense really did a tremendous job our special teams is the unit that really let us down this week and that was still mostly just one play as a whole the offense was consistent they were dominating that's all you can really ask for you're not going to score every single drive i wish people would get that idea out of their head that oh my god we punted game's over it doesn't work that way in the nfl everybody can play this game at least a little bit that's why they were drafted on the defensive side of things i really like uh, mccordy doing his best chris dishman impersonation for those of you who weren't around when the houston oilers were uh, kicking chris dishman one of his best moves was snatching the ball out of the hands of the wide receiver 
receiver. He had really strong hands, and he wasn't the greatest cover guy in the world. So if someone got the ball, he would let them stop the ball's path and then he would snatch the ball from them as they were trying to bring the ball into their body. And McCourty did a great job of that on his interception. It brought back good memories for me. No, he did an excellent job on that play. And he did it, you know, last week, grabbed that ball right off of the shoulder. I mean, he didn't really pull it away from him. He had the advantage there in that one, but pulled it right away from D-Hop. And then this week, pulls the ball away. I like that. I like how physical he's being. I like seeing that side of McCourty. And he's doing it well this year. Did a fantastic job of that. We talked about it earlier about this defensive front, and they really got clicking late in that game. And it it was more, you know, you know that they have to pass, and that definitely gives us an advantage. But our offense giving us that lead helped out a lot with that, you know. When you put them in a position where you know they have to pass, you have Dick LeBeau as your defensive coordinator, like, sacks are going to happen. That's just the recipe for it. You give Dick LeBeau the lead, and he'll secure it for you because he's going to get risky. He's going to get blitz heavy because he can, he can afford to do it. He knows they're not running. He knows they have to pass. And especially against a beat-up offensive line like this, we took advantage of it and then did it an excellent job of that and you know made it sound like our defense played bad and that's not what I think I think they did do a good job it's just tackling really stuck with me especially you look at it you know special teams gave up one touchdown that shouldn't have happened because of poor tackling and then really big play sets up their offensive touchdown in which two guys get in the backfield at the same time run into each other and then several missed tackles down the field until we finally pull them down it gives them great field position to set up a a touchdown drive if we tackle we wrap up and tackle those plays don't happen and I did see some you know great tackling it seems like you know obviously we have a few players that just really stand out Brian Rackpo made two fantastic open field tackles where he just you know he was out there by himself and just just took the guy right to the ground that's what obviously a guy like that you expect every single time that's going to happen he played a great game we we just need to get better especially in the secondary with tackling it is embarrassing Damian Stafford probably our best tackler in that secondary and even he's not a sure thing right now although man I am impressed with the way that kid's playing football right now I'm I'm okay with Cersei you know staying out for a little bit letting Stafford do his thing because that kid's playing great football right now. But we need to get better, especially in the secondary, of wrapping and tackling. It seems like the secondary and a little bit you can be put on that interior linebacking unit. Definitely not on Morgan and Rackpo. Those two have been really locking down on tackles. But, you know, Woodyard and Williamson... You can put it a little bit on those. Those guys, especially Woodyard, seems like he's been missing a lot of tackles lately, the last two, three games. Those guys in the secondary definitely need to improve. This is a pro football. We need to wrap and tackle. Do not give up big plays. Do not give up extra yardage. You know, that's just a recipe for losing games. But, you know, besides that, we really did play an excellent football game. If there wasn't for the, you know, missed tackles, miscue on special teams, the missed tackles, miscue on defense, we beat them, you know, 3-30. to 30. The pass rush was the key, obviously. Klug, Arakpo, Morgan, Casey. Those guys are just all over the place. I always, anytime Klug has a, even a decent game, I'm going to mention him. He is just, he embodies everything you want in a football player. And he's a little undersized for the position given the defensive front that we use right now. But he is everything you want in a guy. Just endless heart, endless effort. They actually asked Malarkey about it this week, and he commented on the same thing. He, he's, he's our guy. He's our maximum effort player. And they did such a good job of getting to Tannehill, forcing him to move a little bit. He, he created some of those sacks on his own by just not being willing to try to move out of the pocket. But at the 
same time, Morgan did a great job this game. This was one of the best games I've seen from Morgan where he was really collapsing the other side of the pocket, the right side of the pocket. So there was nowhere to move side to side for Tannehill. He couldn't step out to try to go anywhere because they were already on him. And that's why later on in the game, you saw them start trying to bootleg him. You, you saw them doing a little bit more play action because really, I thought they could have run on us a lot more than they did. Um, I think they went away from it too early because Ajayi was having some success and he could have had a better game, but they didn't game plan for him. It wasn't until late in the third and the fourth quarter that they started trying to come up with other things to do with Tannehill other than just standing back there and get him killed. I felt that in this game, their team failed to make adjustments and they got out coached. And if you don't make adjustments against Dick LeBeau, he's going to figure out what works and he's just going to keep coming up with different different looks and doing those things to you over and over again. And he's just going to dominate you. And it was a great game for our defense, despite it was really just two or three missed tackles. The special teams play, the touchdown, there were some holding calls going on there that didn't get called that if we had held, you know we would have gotten called for. In all, it was as complete of a game as you were going to see, but it was against an opponent that we expected to beat, and they played how they should have played, which is a nice change. I agree. You know, and and what you were saying about Dick LeBeau goes back to what I was saying. You know, very few times is Dick LeBeau going to be outcoached. He's just a phenomenal defensive coach. You know, he's a a phenomenal defensive mind, one of the best we've ever seen in, in all of football, you know, going back through history. If we can give him that lead, Dick LeBeau can hold it. You know, he doesn't go into that, you know, let's protect the lead, let's play cover six, cover four every single down. He gets aggressive. He stays aggressive, and, you know, he goes, he keeps playing with what works. I love that in a defensive coordinator. I hate coaches that just go into protect the lead mode on defense. I like it when, when they stay aggressive, and we did. And it, it definitely showed in the stat line when you looked at the sacks. We played a, a really good ball game, and, man, we need to get Carl Klug on this show. I mean, Jesus, a motherfucker's never been so loved because this guy, I mean, just a mile of heart. Love this guy, and he keeps out performing players in offense that he should if it was his talent versus talent and heart wasn't factor you know, Klug wouldn't be a starter in the NFL like not anything against the guy he's a talented football player but there's a lot of great talent in the NFL but man the guy's just got a mile of heart non-stop motor just relentless and that's exactly he's the perfect embodiment that's the as just Glenn just said, is a perfect way to put it. He is. He's exactly what you want in a football player. Another great performance for Klug, and what has just been a streak of. Our defensive line is just playing lights out right now. I've been greatly impressed with what they've been able to do. Really, both sides of the line, they always say you win games in the trenches, and we're doing a fantastic job of that. Getting a great defensive line presence, a great offensive line presence, and, and really dictating the game. We did it. You could not. Well, you can. You. It's hard to find a better game, especially for Tennessee in recent memory, on the lines than what we saw this week. And I, I hope to see that continue, and I hope to see it against better competition, which, of course, is going to come up as the season wears on. Obviously not this week. As we get on, we, you know, we have the Colts and the Jaguars coming up, and after that, we've got Green Bay. And, and San Diego, we got some good teams coming up that we're going to have to contend against. And I think that this was a huge one for us. Even though it's a team that we expected to beat, I think it put a lot of confidence in this team. That not only did we outperform them, but we dictated the game to them. They weren't going to do anything that they wanted to do. They were going to have to try to work with what we let them do. 
And even then, it wasn't much. I was really impressed by that. If we got tackling under the control, this would have been, you know, an A++ rating of a game in my book. We would have beat them 30-3. to If You know, that one drive, they were able to run the ball really well with the JA, and I think it underrated Young back and push it down. And if it wasn't for stupid penalties on their side, they would have scored a touchdown on that drive, but instead settled for a field goal because of the dumb penalties they were committing. But that drive, they, they really performed well. But outside of that, it's big plays that were given up by tackle. And I know we're harping on it at this point, and we do every single week, it seems like, bring up the tackling, but it's definitely got to improve for us. Yeah, it's it's just going to keep coming down the tackling until it doesn't, and that's probably next season sometime. Klug needs to come on the show. If you know Klug, get him on the show. Somebody help us out with this. Let's make this happen. Obviously, the whole defensive line stepped up. This is a game you expect them to step up. Uh, the ne- next game... I expect to see pretty much the same thing, too. I don't know what we would really want to change in our game plan from this week to next week other than just you know, the little wrinkles you throw in here or there to keep teams off balance. And it should be a win. This isn't a team that should be in our caliber. But the one big but in this is we play at home where we have not played well, especially in the Marcus Mariota era. Not that, that I'm blaming him. Just since he has become the starting quarterback on this team, we do not play well at home. And then we have a three-game homestand coming up starting with an easy opponent in the Browns. And got to overcome this home field thing. I think this is a great way to do it. Another confidence builder game for us because this is a team we should handle. What's some things that are you looking at in this game, Glenn? We'll start when we have the ball offensively. What are you looking at in this game? Honestly, I don't see anything about their front seven that makes me think we can't just run the ball all over them again. Go through their starting lineup. Danny Shelton. I know who Danny Shelton is, but he doesn't scare me at nose tackle. Neither one of their defensive ends are making me pause. Emmanuel Ogba. He's got got some potential to him but he's a rookie tomorrow davis christian kirksey joe Schobert. i mean i know who joe Schobert is but i also know that joe Schobert's a rookie so you have two outside linebacker rookies starting other than joe hayden is there anybody on this defense that makes you pause and think oh well we need to avoid that guy no there's not there really isn't especially in that front seven that you talked about and joe hayden we talked about earlier he's a good football player but outside of that you know you have a lot of guys that either are really young like you were saying or just below average at best in the nfl I think that we're going to be able to run the ball all over them. I expect Marco Murray to have a big game, especially against this defense who hasn't been able to stop anybody this year, giving up a lot of points. And Joe Hayden, really, we don't have like a true number one wide receiver on this team. I think you would agree with me there right now, especially with Kendall Wright back. You know, you have Wright, Shar, Matthews, who, by the way, made a stellar catch on that falling back play in the game this week. Matthews, you have Johnson. So you can take one wide receiver away with Joe Hayden, but on this offense... That's not going to help you much, especially with a, a tight end as talented as Delaney Walker. And there's really not a much difference in our wide receivers at the top four wide receivers we have. That taking out one guy is really not going to affect us that much. So even though they do have one good player really good player on this defense it's going to be really hard for him to make an impact on this game because we can just look where he's lining up and throw it the other way you know or throw it to Delaney Walker or throw it to one of our backs which we've been doing so well this year there's gonna be a lot of options for Mariota even in the passing game because there's nobody else outside of DJ Hayden that's gonna put pressure that's gonna make us worry and with the way we're set up in the passing game we can take Hayden as a he'll be a complete non-factor I mean the only person that he would be special against is you'd have to put him on Walker and then that's a physical matchup that Walker wins. Having one good defensive player 
isn't enough. Uh, we've seen it in the past when we just had Casey. One good defensive player, you can just avoid him and run around him and do other things. All Marcus has to do is just not throw at Hayden. And he should have a pretty good shot at completing almost any pass that's on target. We saw him this week, again, running the ball and throwing does not seem to work as well for him this year as it did in the past. Particularly when he's throwing to Walker. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know why those two don't have a communication this year. But the thing is, is who on this defense can handle Marcus coming around the outside? Who can handle Henry coming up the middle? Who can handle DeMarco going wherever he's going? Because it all works for him. They can't stop the run. They can't handle Delaney. Any of our wide receivers have a decent shot against any of their cornerbacks except for Hayden who you just don't have to throw the ball to. So you find the guy that he's on and you just tell him run to the sideline. Take him out of the play and then the rest of the field is wide open. You know, if, if you can find him matched up man to man on somebody, just have that man get out of the play and it removes Hayden from consideration and then the rest of this defense is completely beatable. You're absolutely right. You know, just have him go out of the play. Have him take him to the sideline or take him deep when you're planning on going shorter middle. Like it's, you just take him out of the play and that, that's all you gotta do and you just, you can dictate exactly what you want to do to this defense. I expect to have like a lot of players on this offense to have brilliant games this week, but I'm really expecting DeMarco Murray to flourish, especially because I think this game's going to be out of reach pretty early. This should be. You know, as good as we are right now, and coming off of a win like that, we're feeling good, we're feeling confident. We should put this game out of reach pretty early, which means we're going to rely a lot on that running game. I expect um, Derrick Henry, too, to get involved, especially as the game wears on. You know, late game, if we're, you know, got an impossible lead, why not just take DeMarco Murray out, save him for later in the season, and let Derrick Henry do his thing, uh, you know, get some experience. I think that that's going to happen, because I think this is going to be a game where we control it. Um, and, you know, we talked about the offense there. Let's move to the defense here, Glenn. What is Terrell Pryor's really the name? And he is a crafty guy that can do a lot with him. And the running game, as we were talking before the show started, has been impressive. So what are some things that you're expecting from this Tennessee defense and in this football game? Well, I expect Pryor to get some ability. He's still a young guy, so go out there and body up on him a little bit. If you put Cox on him, I want Cox to just assault him coming off the line because Cox can't run with him. He can't handle the movement to get, you know, with Pryor once he gets past that first five yards. I think we're going to see more of uh, McCourty, who, as we said earlier, has really turned it on these last couple of weeks. Uh, he took that challenge of dealing with Hopkins and he ran with it. And since then, he's, he looks like a different cornerback. I don't feel like he has to play safety right now. But then again, he's also playing against a couple of bad quarterbacks also. Nothing's going to change this week. I think our corners are going to be able to play with more aggression like we did last week. I said it in my write-up that you're going to try to force them to throw quick because this line can't block our defensive line. We're going to come out with pressure. We're going to try to rattle Cody Kessler. So you're going to see our corners play in tight coverage early on, trying to run with these guys, deny them the quick passes, which just makes the quarterback hold the ball for just a moment longer, lets the defense get to him, lets him get in his face. I expect to see that same style of defense work this week too because we had the same problem. We don't have a quarterback who can beat you on his own, and we don't have an offensive line in front of him that at all concerns you. I mean, Joe Thomas cannot block the entire defensive uh, front seven for the Titans, and he's going to have to deal with Casey and Arakpo coming at him. He's not going to get enough help. There's just not enough help available. If Gary Barnage you know, stays in the block, he can't be any danger. And he had a really good season last year. He's a guy that could hurt us if we lose close coverage in the middle of the field. You know, He is a better tight end 
that we faced this last week. As far as defense goes, if they take away their wide receivers, if they shut down the run game, which is going to be a challenge, this is a much better running team than we played last week. I don't like I don't like Crowell. Um, I have personal issues with some of the things he did during the offseason, but at the same time, he's a good running back. Uh, Duke Johnson behind him has some good potential. They're running for a lot of yards per carry right now. They're right there with the Titans as a, as a running team, and they have to be because they cannot throw the ball, which is the difference for us. Our defense has to shut down their running game. I think we can take the passing game away from them. And so as long as we can control the running game and just tackle, just tackle, there's no way the Browns have a chance in this game. That's what I want to see is I want to see us uh, take Pryor out. And I like the your idea here. Really get aggressive with him and really manhandle him. He is a young guy and, you know, he's not a huge guy either. So get in there, get physical with him, over physical and try to take him out of the game. Because I think you take him out of the game, this game's over. For the running game, I think they will have some success because tackling's been an issue with us. And they're, uh, they are actually running team as we were talking about. But I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball for very long so if our offense here's key to help our defense out is we saw Miami have some success running the ball on us but then we got to the point where they they couldn't rely on the run because they had to get back in the game we need to do that again have our offense help our defense out you know score early score often and then put the game in Kessler's hand but we need to focus on that running game we need to be able to take that away from them but we need to also get pressure on Kessler this is the NFL you give anybody five seconds they're going to complete a pass so I want to see Kessler rattled and shaken this entire game which I think we'll be able to do you know we talked about how weak this offensive line is and how well our defensive front seven has been playing right now so I don't think it's going to be an issue for us to get pressure on them two things this offense Terrell Pryor as a, a wild card because they can do a lot with them. You know, obviously you can throw the football. They like to get them on jet sweeps, stuff like that. They love to run the football with them. They love to get them out in the flats and screen stuff. They, you know, just like to try to get the ball in his, in his hand as much as they can. So that we need to take him out of the game. We need to make him a complete non-factor in this game. And then the running game. You know, it's, it is a good running game. We need to get stout up front. I'm really expecting our interior linebackers to step up in this game. Really start hitting those gaps hard. Start getting better with your vision. That's been a problem. We've talked about it on the show before. Really just stand up in those gaps. If you get in that gap standing up, even if you don't make the tackle, the play's not going far beyond you, like nine times out of ten. Because as long as you can slow them down, it gives more than enough time for secondary to get up, for your defensive line to get off of blocks, and get there to make the tackle. So get in there and get in those blocks. Instincts is more important to me than tackling for those two in the running game this week. Because if we can get in there and shut down those gaps then the, we're going to be able to limit what they can do. Not really worried about them running the ball because I think it's not going to be very long before they have to throw the football because I think our offense is going to take it to this team. That, for me, is the thing. Is I think Well, I think, obviously, this is a very bad football team we're playing, but I think we have a better matchup, our offense versus their defense, than we do our defense versus their offense, and it's mainly because of Terrell Pryor in the running game. They do have a little bit that they can do. We talked about it. Their defense has Hayden, like, end of list so even though they're weak on both sides of the ball they are a little stronger we've seen them put up points 
uh, on some teams. So we need to just take that out of the game. You know, we saw this team score on the Patriots early in that football game, and then the Patriots ran up the score, and there was nothing that the Browns could do. I want to see us do that. Offense needs to help our defense out, score points early and often, put the game in Kessler's hands. Yeah, if we can make it put the game in Kessler's hands, that's a pretty good win for us. You're going you're gonna to see them try to stick with the run as much as they can and try to get a little bit tricky. And it is our one weakness. Uh, you can trick this defense. You can make them miss tackles and go for big plays. And if we just accept that we're going to make a couple of mistakes, they're going to have a couple of big plays, stay within our offense anyway, toughen up in the red zone, find a way to just control the running lanes. Like, like you said, the middle linebackers are going to be real key in this game because this offensive line can run block. Just anything they can do to try to get prior to the ball in open space is what they're going to be up to. And they're going to try to get it to they're going to try to get it to Crowell in open space, get him to that second level. So our middle linebackers have got to do a good job of tracking him down and being disciplined in the the holes, but being aggressive too. He is a guy that can hurt you. If they miss that first tackle, it's going to be another one of those. It's either we stop him in the backfield or he gains 15 yards. We don't want to do that again this game. We, we've got to do a better job of tackling as they come through the hole. And as long as they can control that run game, the passing game doesn't scare me if they just do what I was saying, just beat up prior, make somebody else beat you because who, who else do they have? They've got nobody else out there that can just tear you up. If Corey Coleman were playing, he, he would be a guy I'd be concerned about as far as you know speed killing us because speed has killed this team a lot this year. That's how we give up our big plays, but we won't see him, I don't think. I mean, if- Absolutely, and and I agree. Let's do it here. We always do our game predictions, and, and Glenn, I, I'm expecting you to do well here because you did awesome last week. What's the final score of this football game? I have obviously not nearly broken down this uh, game like I did last week. Uh, I'll be doing more of that tonight and tomorrow. I'm going to say we win by at least 14. I don't see any reason why we can't win by two touchdowns in this game. The Dolphins, I said 10, and that was before Tunzel went down, so I'm going to say that's the reason for the other three. (laughs) Um, I I think that we could have the same kind of a problem if they can fix the discipline issues we have on kick coverage, which – Honestly, I blame Brett Kern for a lot. His punt placement has not been awesome. I, I'm kind of concerned about him. If he doesn't get this under control and stop out kicking his coverage or kicking away from the coverage, they return this week. You could see the whole defense was set up to cover one way, and he put it right in the middle of the field. And when the coverage unit is flowing to a side, and then all of a sudden the guy has options to go to either side, that, that's when your coverage breaks down. You guys miss tackles. Officials miss holding calls. That's, that's, the, that's the way that we get in trouble with these crappy teams like this i'm gonna say we win by 14 i'm gonna call it 24 to 10 because they have one big play somewhere or a couple big plays that get them a field goal and a touchdown all right i'm going a little bit more optimistic i've been the one that's i'm always the pessimist on the show i'm always the one that's going short and i'm going big in this one because i think this is a team that we should be able to handle so i'm going final score will be 31 to 7 we win i think that we're gonna be able to handle this team i don't think there's anything that they can do on defense that's going to be able to stop us or slow us down and I think we're just going to dictate to them what they're able to do on offense for the most part I will say I think one big play I agree with you we're going to give up one big play you know that's what we've been doing that's with the tackling issues and stuff we'll give up one big play but we're going to win this football game big by a big margin here and that's what we're going to ask you this week for our poll this week will be how bad we're going to beat this team and I'll put it in there a different point margin so you can go on there and vote see how see how close our fans can get to predicting this game see if you can do better than Glenn and I also do not forget this week to check out the know your enemy articles if you haven't been 
reading them yet. Glenn puts these really in-depth articles up before the game that are just fantastic, just full of information, chock full of stats, and really good analysis. So if you haven't been checking those out, you definitely need to. They're fantastic. You can find those right on the site, twotoneuncensored.podbean.com. If you click on the Know Your Enemy link at the top there, it'll pull it up. Also, that's where you can find all of the shows. Every single time a new one comes out in our entire archive there on that page as well as the poll question. I do want to tell people that I replace those every week. You can't just go back and read the old ones. So if you're going to read it, you've got to read it before the next show comes out. Usually Wednesday or Thursday, the next article comes up. So if you if you want to go look and see if I got something wrong and call me out on it, by all means, you got to do it in a week's time. That's all the time you get for it. <laughs> all right. Follow us on Twitter at Two Tone Uncensored. Find us on Facebook, Two Tone Uncensored. And be sure to check out the, the group page, Tennessee Titans Uncensored. That's where we all met. That's where the show really comes alive. And that's where a lot of the people that we talk to, a lot of the questions that we get in the mailbag, that's where they come from. Really good group if you're not already in it. And everybody that can in the Tennessee area go to this game. Do not let the Cleveland Browns have home field advantage in Nashville. And let's win this football game. Let's win big. Tighten up. Absolutely. Go to the damn game. If you're not excited now after the beautiful win down at Miami, got a cupcake served up here for this week. If you don't show up for this game in cheer and the Browns come in here, they actually have you know a more of a fan presence, you should just be ashamed of yourselves. Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook.